0: The following is a presentation of Team Bonding, providing more than 100 live, virtual, or hybrid corporate team-building activities for companies around the world. Visit teambonding.com to schedule your event now.
1: Hello, team, and welcome once again to your new favorite podcast, Team Building Around the World, with me, Rich Brenensland. This is the podcast where I speak to people from the team bonding, team building industry from all across the globe, including today's very special guest, Ms. Helena Chavarria. She's actually the founder of Camino Travel way back when in 1991, and she took that business from a one-person operation and turned it into a respected leader in the industry in far off Costa Rica. But before we meet Helena, I'd like to thank our supporters, such as Catalyst Team Building Network. Find out more about the world's largest network of team-building providers at CatalystGlobal.com. I'd also like to thank our friends at B1G1, which can make your business a real force for good. Visit B1G1.com to get started. And now, team, please join me in welcoming the president of Camino Travel, Premio DMC, and Premio Team Building, Helena Chavaria.
0: Thank you. Nice for the, the, to, for, to get the invitation from you. Thank you so much. Oh, thank and you. Greetings to everyone from Costa Rica. And uh, well, I'll tell you a little bit about myself. I started as a, at a very young age as a tour guide, working mainly with European clients that were coming to Costa Rica in the, in the end of the 80s. And I started my business at a very young age. When I was 21, I decided to start my own tour operator and that's Camino Travel. And uh, I combined it with my business studies And it was a really great um, way of applying what I learned while doing my own business. And uh, that's always kind of been a a passion for me, the whole business, entrepreneurship. And um, I think there is a lot to to share from that experience, especially being a woman in a developing country with a lot Mm -hmm. of the macho mentality. And I can tell you, um, it's a Costa Rican dream.
1: Very nice. American
0: dream. It's a Costa Rican dream.
1: So, What made you decide to start your own business? I mean, it, a lot of people um, like to consider themselves to have that kind of entrepreneurial spirit, but it's also just easier to work for someone else, and yet you decided to do all of this on your own. What, what led you down that path?
0: Well, I, I did that, I think, all my life, since I was a little girl. My parents were intellectuals and uh, they were working for other people. But I always kind of had this in me. And when I was about 14, I, I was buying and selling clothes. And I would lend my mom money sometimes because she, she needed money. She had, was on a salary and I always had good savings. So I've always been kind of doing that. But the main, the main motivation behind uh, the, the tour company was that I found in those days in Costa Rica, European travelers were treated as Americans because the traditional tourism we had in Costa Rica, being so close from the US, um, was mainly North American. And I was I had just returned from Germany on exchange. Uh, I was there a year and uh, speaking to Germans, it was amazing that they felt they were being treated as Americans and nobody understood their culture. So I had the idea of putting together a company that would be more culturally sensitive that would understand better where people come from and what they're like and what they expect on their holidays and be like a bridge between the two concepts. And that's how I started the business, specializing in European travelers, trying to you know, create specific experiences for them.
1: Fantastic. What kind of hurdles would you uh, find yourself going up against, especially trying to start something like that?
0: Well, in the early 90s, when I started the company, Costa Rica was not well known at all like you basically had to take a map and explain people where we were and what <laughs> could you do here and uh, flights were a big challenge people had to fly through two or three cities to connect to come to Costa Rica and uh, so those were all big challenges and also I think the fact that I focus in European travel was quite different, but that proved out to be great because nowadays, over time, it has become that we are more flexible. We have a mentality to where we can listen to people's needs. And we have everything from Israel to Japan, people from very different cultures and languages, and we're able to to serve them well.
1: That's excellent. But talking about Costa Rica now, what are some of the main team building challenges? that that you find just culturally in your neck of the woods?
0: Well, what's really interesting is because of our connection with incoming tourism, we started doing team building activities for foreign companies that were coming into Costa Rica with their executives or their meetings and so in the beginning of team building we were doing it for actually for a different market and not our local market. When we decided to open our own uh, team building division which was three years ago, and um, actually take the the network of catalysts on board, we Mm. realized that there was another market for us that was the local market. And it it has been quite the challenge because I find Costa Rican local companies that are smaller, they tend not to understand the level of uh, professionalism that there can be in team building activities as it is Mm. in other markets. So we have been, in the last three years, more or less evangelizing, like more or less it's like like a religion. You have to make people believe that it's really good. Oh, really? Those have been the challenges, I think, to, to make people understand that going on a rafting trip or going bowling with your staff is not team building, <laughs> that that's just connecting and bonding, and that's not team building, and sure. uh, you know we have a a good share of multinational companies here in costa rica a lot of shared services facilities are here that serve worldwide uh companies and those are completely Mm. different they have more of a an industrialized country mentality where they do understand and they need very specific activities and that's that's great but we have both sides
1: nice and of course you're you offer anything that they require what kind of things um if they were going for thinking that just bowling uh, bowling night was enough to get you know to build their team up what kind of things did you offer to sort of change their minds
0: well, the, the, the biggest trouble in those cases is that a lot of times it has to do with budget. I mean, with $10 sure. a person, you can't do much. I tell them, well, you know, take them out for a pizza or something. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, because that's way too basic. But um, we are trying to uh, come in with very unique experiences and the ability of having catalyst as our source of new ideas and innovation. It's great like um we're doing a lot of the technology ones like the the ones that you can do with your ipad or your iphone that seems to be very trendy people kind of get interested in it and uh, i love the go team uh app which is the one that lets you do the rallies and outdoors and everything and um, we're doing really fun things combining go team uh, as a type of tour so that uh-huh. the companies feel, well, I took, you know, my my staff on an outing for the day. We had a lot of fun. We saw a new national park that my staff didn't know, but we mm. did team building. So that's been a, a way of, of selling the new concept.
1: So what other things um, from joining the Catalyst Group have you found have been beneficial for you?
0: Well, what I find the most beneficial is the great, constructive, collaborative uh, approach. Like yeah. all of the members in the different countries are always open and willing to help you um, learn or improve or fine tune what you're doing, uh, share uh, a lot of knowledge. Uh, during these times of COVID, it has been amazing. Like we were heads up when things started uh, getting complicated in China and Asia, all Mm -hmm. our colleagues from from there were telling us what's coming. And, well, in Latin America and Costa Rica, we only got it until March. But by then, we knew things were going to be canceled and things were going to stop and there were going to be quarantined. So all of that we had heard. And it's beautiful. You know, you open your WhatsApp and you have all these comments and pictures and things of what's going on all over the world.
1: Yeah, that, I've been finding that as I'm interviewing folks like yourselves, that it, it turns out that this is not just, you have your own company, you have your own people, of course, that you keep close to you, um, but you also have this worldwide team that is there not only to help you, but to be helped by you. Yeah. Would you agree?
0: Yeah. Good. I would agree. And I don't know, at least in my case, I come from a very multicultural background Because my father was the founder of an exchange student program that was quite uh, well known in the U.S. called AFS, American Field Service. Okay. And he founded that organization in Costa Rica and he ended up working 17 years with it. So when I was growing up, we had exchange students from Australia, from the U.S., from Japan. So I grew up with a very, I would say, um, big horizon in in my mind of the different cultures. And I find it's like being permanently on exchange, but in the professional level, when I'm with the Catalyst Network, it feels beautiful. Like we share, it doesn't (laughs) matter where you come from, what language you speak, we're all there to help each other.
1: That is amazing. But if I can change track for a second, what kind of team dynamics do you find exist within your culture, within uh, the Costa Rican society?
0: Well, we have found some very interesting things. And um, one of them is that uh, we find a lot of times the leaders, like the big boss, Mm -hmm. they don't want to take part into the team building activity. And we always find that pretty impressive because how can they want to promote the team building among their team if they themselves are not willing to participate? That's giving the wrong message. So that's been a bit of a challenge. I don't know if they're afraid or... They're scared or, I don't know, but that's been an interesting factor.
1: Interesting. Hold on for one second for me, if you would, Helena. I need to start doing some of my little, uh, I need to pay some bills, as they say around here. So first, let me take a break for a moment to tell you about Catalyst Team Building Network, an association of team building providers. With representatives in over 90 countries speaking more than 20 languages, the Catalyst Network is widely regarded as the voice of the team building industry. Network members share resources, best practices, and business opportunities. Catalyst partners are learning from each other and pushing the boundaries of what is possible in team building. Catalyst network members share a common goal of creating highly relevant, socially responsible, good-valued experiences for their clients. For more information, please visit CatalystGlobal.com. The Catalyst team building network, the world's largest network of team building providers. And... We're back. Thanks, Elena. Thank you very much. Um, now, um, let's talk a little bit more about your personal experiences. Um, do you have any any new upcoming projects that you want to share with us? I
0: think uh, something very interesting that we're doing, and it's not necessarily 100% in building, but what we're doing and that I find it a bit unique is that we are taking the technology of the Go Team app that I was just talking about, and we're using it for, yep. for travel purposes we are designing Mm -hmm. uh, tours that are uh, based on the technology. So instead of creating the um, interactive uh, concept of a team, we are, for example, designing it for, let's say families, you know, now with the social bubble, you want to go travel with your family. So you, you can't really, or maybe you don't want to have a tour guide because you're afraid, And so what we're doing is we're going, for example, into a national park and designing an experience where with all our travel knowledge and the guides experience, we Mm. are taking in and putting information so that some of these um, activities, you know, we can use the GPS. So, for example, if we know that in a certain section of the park, there is a huge tree that is got a bit of natural history to talk about we can uh, geolocate that tree, put it in the path. And when people are walking by, they will have a pop-up and uh, we, we encourage them to take a picture with their family, whatever. At the end of the trip, all those pictures and videos they take, they become like a digital memory of the trip. And so we, we find um, that this kind of trip may be very interesting in the future. You know how everybody talks about the new normal after COVID? And I think this is one of those things because that may provide um, the security, the safety that people feel that they want to control themselves. They can stop the app or continue the app. And there's so many things you can do with that. So we we are very excited about it. We're calling that Mm. kind of traveling uh, Camino Explorer, And we're launching some from city tours to more natural tours and some of the private parks as well.
1: That's a fantastic way to adapt. Very nice, because yeah. I've actually done a bunch of the go teams myself in the Boston area where we use it just like you. Boston is, is historically significant. Um, so we use it as sort of a it's not only a tour of the city, but it's, of course, the fun games to interact with as you go through. Just so my listeners also know what we're talking about. But the, yeah, but the way that you've adapted it is fantastic. I really do like that. Um, yeah, now, I tell me, you can even, you?
0: Sorry, you can even create different versions of it. Right. Because we make design the same national park for natural history guests or for a family with young children. And the, the challenges or the games may be completely different, but you're in the same location.
1: And it's a very user-friendly app to, to play around with in that way, isn't it? Yes. Very good. Um, let me Let me ask you personally, do you have any favorite memories of any of these events of yours? Something silly or fun that happened or just something that stuck with you?
0: Yeah, I have a couple of, of fun activities that I can tell you about. Once was a really, um, well, for me, the favorite situation we had was, mm-hmm. you know, we have this uh, um, team building from Catalyst that's called uh, Chariot Challenge.
1: Okay. Why don't you tell us a little you, bit about you know,
0: that? We reproduce those kind of old Roman um, carriages and people right. pull them. So <laughs> we adapted that. We call it tropicalized it. And okay. you know, in Costa Rica, we have a, a very traditional ox cart that people used in the old days to carry the coffee beans. And so we recreated the, the chariot. We changed a little bit the design and it was so much fun. The people were so happy about it and they, they had to paint in very colorful ways the, the wheels and everything in our traditions. So we were able to put together something a lot of fun that was well-proven and at the same time connect with our culture. Very nice. Yeah. And then a silly moment, once we were about to start an event and we had a very tight schedule, you know, one of those executive retreats where they only have X minutes sure. to do.
1: Sure, we've all and we been have there. To
0: start going right away. And then we take them out of the board the meeting room. They go outside in a in a kind of a clear area in front of the hotel with the garden. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden somebody spots a sloth. <laughs> So, you know, sloths, they're very, very, very slow creatures, but they're beautiful. They're so cute. And everybody was, of course, crazy about taking a picture and uh, looking at it. And we we were in a very odd situation because we really had to put pressure and get them going to do the activity. But we knew it was a very special moment.
1: (laughs) How did you fight the cuteness of the sloth, or did you just give into it and let them take their pictures?
0: Yeah, we just let them. I mean, you couldn't
1: avoid it. They just ran. The whole group left. Now, did you hire the sloth?
0: Yes, for the next time. We just need to time it better next time.
1: Now, um, you have two children, is that correct?
0: Yes, I have. I have two stepchildren in Canada that are grown up. My husband is from Calgary. Oh, wow! uh, yeah. And then I have my own that I have an 18 year old and a 15 year old, two boys.
1: Well, um, so how do you use what you learn, um, in your job, in, with your family? Because there is the one thing that everybody can keep in mind, no matter whether you're part of the industry or not listening to this podcast is that we all have a team of support and that ends and start, you know, begins and ends with the family. Um, How do you use what you know from your business background with your family?
0: Well, I would say in a way, uh, we kind of talk about it a lot. We, We are, you know, in a way we are very traditional. We do breakfast together. And if we can, lunch together and dinner together as a family. Nice. And we always discuss all these things that are going on. Everybody kind of shares what's going on. And so they kind of always know what's going on, which you know, I, I tell them, oh, I'm proposing this, this activity or that activity. Also, when we have new games, a lot of times they come in and join. And in the case of my oldest son, he's planning and studying business. And he's been from the beginning when he was 15 and we acquired the Catalyst uh, franchise. He, he even p- participated in a, in a Catalyst conference. Good. So he's been kind of uh, always helping. Like in the summer, he gets little jobs doing this and that. And um, he, he kind of integrates pretty easily. And he's had a lot of the good ideas, like this tour activity with, yeah. the, with the Go team, that's been his idea. So even though he's really young, I think it's, you really have to listen to them because they are more aware of the trends on what's coming, what's happening. And I think it really works. And then with my husband is great because being a multicultural family yeah. where well, he's Canadian, yeah. um, we, we kind of analyze it from the two perspectives, like the local mentality and the, the Canadian view. So it's very nutric-
1: nutritious. <laughs> what kind of well? What kind of differences do you find between you, between you and your husband's backgrounds?
0: Well, I think um, Costa Ricans are very easy to have fun and and relax and just maybe very loud and very quickly very integrated having okay. fun. With the Canadians, they're they're a bit more reserved. And even though the groups we have from Canada or North America coming to Costa Rica, they once they're here, they get in a more relaxed mood. Mm-hmm. At the end, I think there is a bit of a difference. It takes a little longer for them to feel more at ease. But once you get them going and playing, they're fine. They're all the same.
1: So how do you and your husband juggle your, juggle your little personal uh, lives like that? With you being more outgoing and him being a bit more reserved?
0: Yes, that's how it is. I, I bug him a lot. I, <laughs> I, always triggers. I say, come on, get more
1: tropical. <laughs> that's the only way. He eventually just relents and gives in to you? Yes. Perfect. (laughs) That's what I find, especially here in America, I think most marriages also still work out that way.
0: Yeah, well, (sighs) you have to. Otherwise, it doesn't work. But, you know, I come from a family of lawyers. Everybody in my family are lawyers. My mom, my dad, my brother. Mm. And my husband is a lawyer, too. And so I always bug them and I tell them, a big difference between you and me, it's people pay you to fight. Mm. They pay me to have fun. (laughs) <laughs> and travel and enjoy. Very so good. paid to play.
1: Very good. Although it is good to know with your background, if you needed to sue the sloth, you have the people yes. right there with you.
0: I have the team for it.
1: <laughs> Great. Um, give me one more second. If you don't mind, Helena, I've got one more read that I have to do, and then I'll be right back to you. All right, my friends, let me take you a minute to tell you all about B1G1, which is can make your business a real force for good. When you're a part of B1G1, you bring new purpose, meaning, and relevance to your business by making giving a core of what you do. Unlike conventional giving models, B1G1 helps small and medium-sized businesses achieve more social impact by embedding giving activities in their everyday business operations to create unique giving stories. Every business transaction can impact lives from as little as just one cent. So visit B1G1.com to get started. B1G1, business for good. All right, Helena, with that in mind, uh, do you work with any kind of charities down there? Yes, yes. Um, when
0: I was listening to you about this ad, it, I, it, it brought it to my mind. Costa Rica has always been very big in, in different fields that are very interesting. One big area is... Um, Conservation, because mm. our country has 25 percent of protected uh, um, parks, national parks, from the government, okay. and another eight percent on private reserves. So, the, of the whole country, is 33 percent is protected. So, a lot of NGOs and a lot of organizations that are into the conservation mm. side have come to Costa Rica to uh, build their projects and make sure that they can actually see it in the long term working because the whole country believes in it and the government believes in it mm. so that's been a big one of the charities that we've done it's so related with sustain- sustainability and when i when i started in tourism it was mainly about ecotourism and how you could take people and experience the the nature and the rainforest but over time i think the fact that costa rica has a very good level of education We have one of the highest literacy rates in all of the uh, Americas, Mm -hmm. and also the health is a big thing, and that's been very interesting now with COVID. Sure. All of these things relate to education. Why is it that Costa Rica is so different, that we appreciate all these things? Well, because our government, back in the 40s, uh, abolished the army, and they took the money from the army for education and health. So we have free education. And our health system is a really good uh, social system. Mm -hmm. And so um, that has also brought a lot of interest from foreign organizations to see how people are educated and how does it work. So we have been working together with organizations that support all those causes, Mm -hmm. where it's education, community impact, or conservation. And in a, in a general way, we try to develop whether it's a a CSR that we put in together. Sometimes the companies are not sure of what they want. If what they want is a team building with a social impact, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: or if it's really actually a CSR, a corporate social responsibility for your audience who may not know the jargon. (laughs) So (laughs) the, 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 the difference is how can you connect what, um, a foreigner or a local are interested in to do as a charity or as a, as a I would say, impact impactful right. outreach.
1: What kind of things do you offer?
0: Okay, we offer... Um, in a wide range, we mm-hmm. call them low involvement or high involvement, depending okay. on what people want. Okay. So with the low involvement ones, we could do a charity donation that works through a rally or through a treasure hunt kind of thing with gold team. Mm. And the more points they collect, the more money the company will be donating for the, for the charity. That's sure. an example of low involvement, but we also have other ones that require, higher involvement, like actually going and doing things in the spot. And one really fun one that we do also is that we do the build a bike that is very Uh popular Uh in some rural areas in Costa Rica. Kids go to school with the bike. Oh, okay. Go there and we research ahead of time. We have a a big network of uh, organizations that we work together and that comes mainly from our DMC side or the D- division for destination management company with Premio, We have somebody in charge of taking uh, care of following up on all the different organizations to make sure that the, that money we donate actually goes there. And um, wh- with them, we find schools that are, you know, in an area where they really need that. Mm-hmm. And we do the build a bike challenge. People have to come and help and, and put it together that's part of the fun for the for the team building. Right. But then at the end is the reward of giving that bike to a child.
1: Fantastic. That, that's yeah. great. Uh, we, that's the
0: factor is that a part of the service is we bring a mechanic. So he double checks that the participants <laughs> build the bikes correctly. We don't want any injured children.
1: Yep, yep. <laughs> nope. We have the same thing here. Actually, the, the build a bike is how I actually started in this industry myself. Uh, oh, it was one of it was one of my first events. And I actually had a bit of a mechanical background when I came in. Um oh. so they were like I became the guy who checked all the bikes here in oh, the area. And that's course, handy. Yeah, and, and of course having a child, I built her plenty over the years. So it's something I've become really used to. Yes. All right. Um I'm I'm just loving talking to you. We're having such a, a good, good time. Um Let's, let's talk, of course, about the fact that we are talking about the new normal now, uh, a world under the umbrella of COVID. Uh, how are you finding that that's influencing your, your career? What do you, what do you find as changes that you have to make?
0: Well, uh, one thing that uh, was the first one that came up was through Catalyst, We all the the partners around the world, it's now over 50 countries. We have been developing remote activities that you can um, deliver online via Zoom or any other of these applications that work for remote and um, trying to develop team working from the distance. I think that's here to stay. I don't think it's something that's gonna go away. Right. Uh, you can already hear a lot of the CEOs of the companies saying, well, we don't see why people can't work from home. If it has worked so long, it can keep on going. Mm-hmm. So um, that means that we will basically have to have a permanent um, offering of remote activities for right. the future. And we have to become always better at it and increase the variety of games. I think we have now about 10 within the network, but I'm sure more will come. Hmm. And I think that's a very important change.
1: That's great. That's very, very good. All right. Uh, Helena, thank you so much for for your forwardness, for your enthusiasm. I have really, really enjoyed talking to you this entire time. Uh, But now... We're going to get down to what I like to call my speed round. Don't Thank- be
0: too mean to me. I'll, I'll try
1: not to. Now remember, the, okay, the point of the speed round: we're going to give you sixty seconds on the clock, and you're going to have to go through as many questions as you possibly can. Um, so
0: you didn't have any special extra time for
1: non-native speakers? I don't, unfortunately. <laughs> I don't. I wish that I did. I because I, I don't have my, I don't have my own translator. okay okay (laughs) all right so here's what we're going to do as soon as you start to hear the music i'm going to ask you your first question and again it's all about answer as many questions as you can as truthfully as you can but this is about having some fun too all right here we go state your name elena how many children do you have
0: two
1: which one's your favorite
0: None. (laughs) (laughs) Where
1: are you currently talking from? Costa Rica. Where in Costa Rica? San Jose. What's your what's your favorite book? Uh Lean In from Shell Sandberg. Okay, what's your favorite children's book? Um that's a hard one. I know your kids are a little older, so Yeah. <laughs> Alright, we can skip that one. Um who would you like to I play forget. you in the <laughs> Who would you like to play you in the movie of your life? Who would you like to play you in who the would movie you like of your to, life? I can hear you. Who would you like to play you in the movie of your life?
0: Oh, an actor or
1: actress. Yes. Do you have a favorite?
0: Oh, uh yeah, maybe uh Clooney. <laughs>
1: fantastic Uh, Helena thank you so much for being with us today and there you have it team please give one more time a big round of applause for Helena Chavarria yeah there she goes And thank you, one and all team, for listening to team building around the world. If you like this show, please share it with a friend or a colleague. We'd be grateful if you would subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your favorite podcasts and leave us a favorable review. Or, you know, if you didn't like the show, don't even worry about it. Just let it go. All past episodes can be found on teambonding.com. But for now, my friends, I have been Rich Rennensland, and if you are within the sound of my voice, you're now on my team, and I'm on yours. Thanks again, everyone, and we will see you next time.